Welcome to the Farming Without the Bank podcast, the show with a no BS approach to money. Hosted by a farm strategy expert and authorized IBC practitioner. Join us as we get real and expose the flaws of traditional financial institutions in order to help farmers take control of their finances, create peace of mind, grow their wealth, and leave a legacy. Now, here's your host, Mary Jo Ehrman. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate you being here, coming back. All right, today I have to talk about a great question presented to me by a listener. Thank you, listeners, for asking the questions. And then I know what you want to hear. I know what I need to be talking about. And I sent an email out um, yesterday or the day before saying that the administration has Trump signed some executive order, whatever it is, that said that the 10% penalty is going to be waived on investments, 401ks, IRAs, from what I understand. It's a pretty vague article that I found, and I have yet to have time to really jump into what it all is. Your financial advisors and your accountants should understand that. But if you've had some hardship from the virus that has affected your income, you are able to take money from a 401k without a 10% penalty, and you can pay the tax back over three years if you do not pay the money back into the IRA or 401k. And so, again, if you take money from a 401k before 59 and a half, there would be no 10% tax penalty. And you can, if you do not plan to pay that back into the IRA or the 401k, you pay the taxes on it over three years. Now, they are limiting this to 100 grand per person, from what I understand. I am sure the bill is quite lengthy and, and everything is. There's lots of ins and outs there, but it did say in the article that they're just not doing a lot of due diligence and neither does the financial advisor that's handling the money. Um, It doesn't sound like they can ask for proof of anything that you can just go and access money. So something to check out if you are needing that money and something to be aware of. Apparently, I read that they did this in 08 and 09 and I was not aware of it. I had not heard of it. And of course, your financial advisor is not going to tell you about it. So I sent that information out and I had somebody ask me if they can roll money from a 401k or IRA into a policy and into a lump sum and how quickly they can have money to borrow against it. And so it's a great question and he suggested it as a podcast topic. And so here I am taking his suggestion because it's a great one. And so... First, can you roll money from a 401k or an IRA to a whole life insurance policy? No, you cannot roll it. Not like you're going to roll to a Roth or anything else. You cannot roll money. You have to physically take the 401k, cancel it, take your money out of it, and then you have to write a check to the life insurance company for the premium. You can't roll it and avoid the taxes on it, okay? So 
a lot of people think that or want to be able to do that to avoid taxes. You're going to pay taxes today or you're going to pay taxes tomorrow. Chances are taxes are going to be more tomorrow than they are today. So, you know, just think about that. It's it's taxes. They're going to get paid or they're not going to get paid. You keep kicking the can down the road in an IRA or a 401k and you die your loved ones inherit it, and then they get to pay tax on it. So someone's going to pay tax. The government is not going to just let you keep doing all this stuff income or tax-free, okay? Um, that's why they have the 70 and a half rule. At 70 and a half, you have to take a required minimum distribution. Now, for anybody that's listening, 70 and a half, that RMD, required minimum distribution, has been waived for 2020 as well, from what I read in this same article. So... That doesn't apply this year. However, at 70 and a half, the government makes you start taking money out of those investments. If you do not, you have a 50% tax penalty on what the required minimum distribution amount should be. And I just ran those numbers for a client the other day. Her RMDs are going to be like $34,000 a year. So she either gets to Take $34,000 and pay a 15 or 20% tax on that, depending on her tax bracket, or she gets to leave it in and pay a 50% tax on it, okay? One must question why they tax us at 70 and a half. Are we getting a little too close to death and they're scared where they're not going to get their money? I mean, really? If I don't need it and I've done well for myself, why can't I leave it in? So anyway, no, you cannot roll money into a life insurance policy. I don't care what it's in, you can't roll it. Can we put a lump sum into the policy up front? Yes, you can fund it with a lump sum. It depends on the company. Some companies, it's a one-time lump sum. Some companies, you can put extra into the policy up to a certain dollar amount. So it really depends on the company that's being used Um, It depends. And then how fast do I have access to money? That also depends on the company being used. The company that I use the majority of the time is seven to 10 days we have access to money. So there are a couple parts to the policy. There's a part to the policy called the base premium. That is where the, that is the part of the premium that buys death benefit, okay? So you have to pay that every single year. The other part of the policy is a paid-up additions rider that we add to the policy. This rider allows us to have access to cash quickly. So if we're going to put $10,000 to the paid-up additions rider, we get access to 90% of that in 7 to 10 days, approximately 90%, okay? not exact. That's an approximate number. So don't be holding me all liable. That's an approximate number. So if we put a lump sum in, that extra lump sum goes directly to cash value. So let's say that we put 30,000 into cash value. Great. Now you have access to 90% of that 30,000 and we get to borrow against that and do whatever it is that you're going to do. So yes, you can put a lump sum in, but it all is in accordance with the modified endowment contract, that mech line. And so we don't want to put too much in because it's going to mech the policy and it's all going to grow taxable. Can you take money from a 401k and put it all in at once? Yes, you can, 
but it's going to mech it and it's all going to grow taxable. So we have to put it in, or ideally we want to put it in over a period of time. Now, there are certain circumstances that if you're 75 years old, maybe we do want to put it all in at once. Every circumstance has its own scenario. What's going on in the financials on the back end? We have to talk and meet about all of these things. So I get a lot of questions from people like, it's been absolutely crazy lately. How many emails we're getting in a day? How many messages we're getting on Facebook? And I love them, so keep them coming. But you're all asking me for advice and you're giving me like two sentences. And as much as I'd love to give you advice back, um, I don't want to lose my license. So when I answer you very generically and tell you that I can't give you advice, I'm not doing that to be a salesy person and saying, hey, set up a meeting with me so I can really sell you later. No, 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 that is not what I'm doing. I just am not going to give you advice based on two sentences, based on a paragraph or two paragraphs. You have absolutely no idea how many questions I ask in a meeting. Um, I have some Canadian colleagues that I'm working with, and one of them has just been sitting in and observing the meetings to learn how I am working with um, my clients, my farm clients. And she said, you have an average of 30 questions per meeting. I'm like, yeah, you've only sat in a couple. So I've probably got more than 30. So it's kind of, I, I really, I don't drill you by any means. We're just having a conversation. But I want to know the background of everything that's going on so I can give you the advice or the strategies that you need that are going to fit your situation. And by by emailing me and asking me those questions, I absolutely love it. And I wish that I could answer them with just a yes or a no. And I can't do that because that wouldn't be fair to you and it wouldn't be fair to me. So if you're going to, like this gentleman asked this question and he obviously he's listened to the podcast and he said, I know part of the answer is it depends. <laughs> so he already knew what I was going to say. And it, it, for the most part, it doesn't depend a whole lot. That's a pretty cut and dry, no, you can't roll it. But if you're going to be taking it out, do you want to utilize it differently? Do we want to get it in a policy? How quickly can we do that? We also need to consider that the quicker we put money in, the bigger the premium going forward. So if we put a lump sum in of, for example, of $100,000, 10000 is going to be the minimum premium we have to pay going forward with a maximum of probably forty. So we put a hundred in today. Are we going to be able to afford forty, ten to forty thousand going forward? Ten being minimum, not building any cash value. Forty being filling that policy up full. If I structure it that way, there's other ways to structure it where I might say, okay, we're going to move that money in and 75% of it's not going to go to cash value. There are circumstances where we don't want so much money going to cash value and we want more money going to death benefit. There are circumstances where we can't set it up that way. There are circumstances where it can't be flexible. So many, many circumstances and many reasons why it's good just to have that conversation with me and sit down and say, okay, what do we do here? Um, but all in all, can't roll it. But yes, we can get it in the policy. We can get a lump sum in. We can figure out how we're going to do it over time. 
I went through that strategy already this week with somebody. So it's definitely doable and it's definitely something to think about if you have money in a 401k or an IRA and you say, you know what, I'm done with the market. I did hear from somebody today that said they sent my podcast, my last podcast that I talked about this kind of stuff. They sent it to their brother who's a financial advisor and he flew off the rails because apparently he didn't like my thought process. Well, that's okay because it's my thought process. It's how I feel when I lose money. I don't want someone coming to my house and just stealing my stuff and then deciding when they're going to give it back. And that's what I feel like in the market. The market is not for everybody. And if you're a financial advisor listening to this, get over yourself. It's not for everybody. Just like life insurance and the infinite banking concept is not for everybody. You have to understand it. And I am happy to teach it to those people that want to understand it. I don't want to understand the market. I don't want in it. I don't want to gamble. I don't go to the casinos and gamble. I want nothing to do with it. If you see me in a casino, I am probably standing at the craps table, learning how to play craps by asking questions and watching people use their money. Because believe me, I've done it more than once and it drives my husband crazy because he is okay with gambling. Yes, he sets a limit. I do not. My limit is zero dollars in the casino. I can go to Vegas. I can walk through a casino and never put one penny in a machine. I am 100% okay with that. There is zero temptation for me because I am frugal I'm a frugal German people, and I don't want to lose my money. The market is not the place for me. And if you are finding the same thing for yourself, then that's okay. Don't allow somebody to tell you what you need to do. I'm not pressuring people into buying life insurance. I'm not calling them idiots. I'm not yelling at them. And these are the things that I've experienced in the last week with clients and financial advisors. Put your money there, leave it there, making you feel like an absolute idiot because you don't take your money out, because you don't understand what's happening. Well, of course we're going to freak out. We're losing money, and that wasn't our intention. Maybe that's not where we should be. Maybe we should be a little choosier of where we want our money. Maybe we should educate ourselves a little more about where we're putting our money. That is not too much to ask people. I don't believe I'm asking for miracles here. I'm just asking for you to educate yourself. And so don't feel badly that you want to withdraw money if you need it. I said it two weeks ago, I believe that podcast aired, and I said it then. The government will give you a loan. Isn't that nice? The banks are going to give us a loan and give us small business owners an SBA loan so we can add another payment to our monthly budget that we didn't have. And that loan might be 3 4%, and right now the market's losing 30 And long-term, I'm going to hear, oh, it's going to be better. Well, you know what? If I have to take a short-term loan, could I not just take that from my 401k or IRA? Even if you pay it back to your 401k or IRA, is that a better place to go? I'm not giving you advice. I don't know. I don't know your situation. But my goodness, don't get bullied by these financial advisors 
who are ticked off because you're jumping ship when this happens. If it's not for you, it's not for you. If life insurance isn't for you, it's not for you. If the infinite banking concept isn't for you, it's not for you. So be it. Move along and do what is right for you. Do what's right for your family. Do what feels right to you. Okay? All right. That was kind of a long answer to a short question, and I got a little sidetracked. So thanks for hanging in there with me. And thanks for the question, Tim. I appreciate it. So if you have questions, if you have suggestions to the podcast, let me know. MaryJo at withoutthebank.com, and I would be very happy to answer those. Um, I do have to say, guys, I have needed some help with all the emails coming in. And so sometimes you might get an answer and it might not be directly from me. It might be Carrie in my office or Jess that is answering those and just trying to help me out. But if they know the answer, they will certainly try to help me. If they don't know the answer, the email gets forwarded to me and I answer it myself. But I absolutely appreciate all of the feedback we've gotten. I appreciate the people that are listening to these podcasts more than once, reading the books. Seriously awesome. I would have never, ever dreamed that this is where I would be just writing one little book for farmers. But that book is changing the landscape of agriculture, and I am super excited about that. Okay, if there is anything else that you want to hear from me, let me know. Otherwise, you guys have an absolutely fantastic day. Thanks for listening to the Farming Without the Bank podcast. We hope today's episode has inspired you to take control of your finances in new ways. Don't forget to check out our website, farmingwithoutthebank.com, and engage with us on our Facebook page, Farming Without the Bank. Join us next week as we smash more financial myths and empower you to accomplish your financial goals. 